706 here on 630 Chat this morning. Daryl McIntyre here with you. Morley Scott kicking around too. And a couple of, we have a guest in, in, in house and we'll explain in a second. But as I'm listening to that song leading into this, we're going, oh, there's no synthesizer in that. And then I was told, oh, no, there's synth there. There's synth there. Yeah, he knows there's synthesizer in there. Uh, you know, that, especially through the 80s, late 70s into the into the 80s, even Rush started using synthesizers all the time, right? Uh, there were certain sounds that just made music stand out. Isolated little bits from Thriller, I believe. Uh, so I'm going to need some help explaining why some of this is, is is fascinating. So this is a synthesizer called the Prophet 5, I do believe it was called. And my producer for, for 630 Ched Mornings, Chris Gardner, found the, this story because there's a local fellow who's been able to recreate uh, this sound without having it be billions of dollars as the old original ones or some of the newer uh, reinvented ones are. So Chris, you found this this, this story and our guest, right. I'll let you try and sort of set up for us a little bit why this grabbed your attention. Because well, I can see in your eyes, you're, you're geeking out like crazy on me here. I'm endlessly fascinated by people who take things that uh, we can do digitally today mm-hmm. and uh, recreate them in their original format the way it used to be done. Because there's always something lost, you know, like it's it goes back to listening to vinyl records. And the the reason you listen to it is for that scratch, for that sound that you remember. Now imagine if that vinyl record, to recreate it today or to refine it, cost you thousands upon thousands of dollars. Nobody would do it. It's not worthwhile, right? Even just to get the gear to to make it happen. Or to get the gear to actually listen to it. So Daniel Safelin is a former electronics engineering technology student out of Nate and just uh, just, uh, got a provincial honor for being able to recreate this, this sound of this particular kind of synthesizer. He's joining us here in studio this morning. Great to have you here, Daniel. How are you doing? Thank you. Uh, it's great being here, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> good, to, good to have you here. Where, well, why, why this project to recreate this particular sound with this particular kind of synthesizer? Um, so for my capstone project, I wanted to... Sorry, what's a capstone project? So a capstone project is the final project that Nate students do to show up their skills and abilities okay. uh, to get final credit in the in the course. Your final project, basically. Your final yeah. project, okay. basically, good. yes. And the reason I wanted to make a synthesizer is that I'm a big fan of 80s synthesizer music. Mm. So Michael Jackson, uh, Madonna, and also synthwave music, which is modern music that takes elements of the 80s music and reimagines it in the 21st century. So another version of sampling almost, or not? Not quite not. sampling, just recreating the sounds, but in modern music. So why can't you just go, I'm sure there's a bunch of these old Prophet 5 synthesizers kicking around, and you just grab one and just play it. Why do you need to recreate it? Uh, if only if they were, if they were, only if they're that simple. Um, <laughs> I, hey, I live in the world of simple, my friend. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. So a modern synthesizer, so a modern Prophet Five would cost around five thousand dollars, but then um, a vintage model from the time period would be around fifteen thousand oh, dollars. So it's wow. just not feasible for someone like me to afford that. Okay. So what did you create? So I created a desktop MIDI synthesizer based on the Prophet Five, which pays tribute to the timeless engineering of the '80s. It's a fully digital synthesizer, meaning that there's no analog components, but it recreates the sound through code and algorithms. So you've just uh, built a better mousetrap for cheaper? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what is, so I'm trying to wrap my head around where you use this. I can hear it in some music, but say something like this. Oh, yeah, I'll do it again. Hold on. 
So that's what that was from from a sound effect at some point. And we have your system plugged in here. Yes. Can you give us? It doesn't have to be that exact bit, but can you give us okay. some variation of that? Uh, sure. I can play Night Rider here. <laughs> nice. That is from Night Rider, isn't that's it? That's Knight hilarious. Rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a bit of a buzz here. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, yeah, you don't even realize how much synthesizer is out there until you start focusing on it. I know I was driving around this weekend, and I, song after song, I'm like, hey, that's synthesizer. That's mm-hmm. synthesizer. Yep. You know, and I started getting excited about when I did hear it. I think it's neat to focus in on these uh, little bits that, you know, could otherwise be lost, you know, exactly. or, or, or yeah. just get lost in the overall mix of things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, if we can go back and listen to, to the theme song to Night Rider, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. or recreate it, you, you get to recreate it yourself. At, exactly. at your leisure. So are you into music, Daniel, or are you into technology first? Oh, both for sure. Yeah. So music and technology. So I mean, do you do you read music? Are you a musician? Did you ever train anything? Or just is it a love of listening or a love of playing? Uh, it's a love of listening mostly, yeah. but I do play. As you, as you can see, I played Knight Rider, right? And also I can do the, the Michael Jackson Let's um, the Thriller. There you go. Boom, 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 boom. And then you get other people <laughs> to dive in there. Yeah. Uh, but so how, like, I'm over, I'm looking at this and I see a keyboard and then right. you have another piece of equipment next to right. it. How is that cheaper? Because so, it looks to me like this is still technology that would cost you some money to create or come up with. Well, yeah, for sure. But it's because it's a digital topology, right? There's not all of those analog components. There's no transistors, resistors, diodes, capacitors, all of that. It's just a microcontroller and a DAC. Uh So this is already about five times cheaper than what a synth would be. Because this is readily available technology today. Exactly. That's the big difference, right? That's the big difference, yeah. And I imagine it'll talk to the technology that you are using today and be able to get that vintage sound. Exactly. So there's the MIDI input, there's the USB, there's USB-C and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what kind of, an, uh, you, you got a provincial honor for this? You got a, you got awarded for this? Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I haven't gotten an award yet. I'm a finalist for oh, okay. the Asset Cap Center of the Year pro- Award, but um, I'll find out if I won in October. Uh, which would be a great feather in your cap. Now here, sure. here comes the here comes the old dad routine. What kind of job you gonna get out of this, Daniel? You make it. What are you gonna do for a living, man? So right now I work in the microelectromechanical systems industry. Which um, is I don't know what that is. So that is microscopic devices with moving parts. So oh. the accelerometer in your phone is a MEMS device. Um, gyroscopes, uh, microphones can be MEMS as well. So all these miniature sensors and devices that have moving parts in them, they're used in technology all around the world. Very wow. cool. Can you make my phone do that synthesizer? There's a murderer in the room sound, you know, whenever I'm in danger. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not quite, but let's see if I can. Well, Thriller would work as a... Something like that, yeah. Duly warned, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, why this particular kind of synthesizer? Why did you want to go with something like this to, to recreate it? Is this the... Because I'm sure that there have been other synthesizers that have uh, have their own unique sound, is there? Or do they not? Oh, uh, well, for sure. But I wanted to recreate the Prophet 5 specifically because it's one of the most popular synthesizers of that time period. Um, personally, I'm a fan of the Prophet 5 because it... It features a lot of ti- uh, a lot of features that were revolutionary for the time period. It was the first synthesizer to have a microprocessor, mm. which meant that you could save and load patches to memory. 
And using that microprocessor, you also had polyphony, which is being able to play multiple notes at the same time. Cool. A big part of your device seems to be uh, the, the physical dials and the actual yes. tactile ability to change things. How, how does that change, uh, you know, when you're producing music using your synthesizer, being able to have that tactile feel and uh, the control of the dials? I think it really helps because you're able to kind of visualize in your mind the effect that your changes are having on the sound. Whereas if you were just editing things on a screen, you wouldn't really see um, how your changes are affecting the sound in real time. Whereas with the knobs, it's more, it's more down to the down to the sound itself. You you move a knob, you can hear how it's different, and you get a feel for it. Would exactly. you get a feel for it more than sliding bar, uh, maybe than you would on a screen? Exactly. Is yeah. there an artist that you're looking at? You know you, that you hope you, that you can get their attention, and maybe they'll do something with your device. Ooh, I'm not sure at the moment. If it's a top level artist, they're just buying an, uh, buying an original or a new one anyway. Exactly. They got cash. Yeah, you got tons exactly. of money. Yeah. Uh, did, what do you do with this now? So, are you able to sort of uh, copyright it? Are you able to sell it as an option, or you know, where does this go? Is there a monetized path for you? So right now, I'm not currently working on the project, but I would be willing to move forward into the market with this if investors were willing to come forward and help me out. It's got to got to be a niche little world though, too, for right? Sure. But if it fits around the world, maybe it works out. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Hmm. Fascinating stuff. Uh, morning show producer Chris Gardner uh, joining us on this interview with Daniel Safelin, who's uh, created this this version of a Prophet Five. You can't call it the Prophet Five because it not, isn't. It's, it's a it's it's a it's an homage. Yeah, it's an homage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.